Welcome to the Pre-Vet Pausecast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, and today our guest is Dr. Graham. He is the Dermatology Service Chief and Clinical Associate Professor of Dermatology at UF. Dr. Graham, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. We would love to hear about dermatology, and, and for those of you who don't know, dermatology deals with the skin. Does it deal with anything else? It deals mostly with skin and allergies, so yes. sometimes we see them with respiratory problems associated with it, occasionally GI problems as well. Okay. Oh, yeah. So like maybe, for example, for humans, would it be um, uh, like lactose intolerance for humans? Yes. And what's really cool about use of the word intolerance, it's not an allergy, but it's still an intolerance. Right. And that just implies the mechanism is different, so the treatment is different. Okay, perfect. I'm so excited to talk about it. I, <laughs> I completely skipped going into Dr. Graham path. So before we get into what dermatology is and how you and what you do, you know, on a daily basis, can you tell us how you became a DVM? What did your path look like? So my path is uh, perhaps unusual or or not. Uh, We lived in the country in Alabama and I was doing reasonably well in school and took uh, our pets to the vet once a year. And uh, the vet was uh, just a super vet, interactive, nice, helpful, compassionate. I'm like, hmm, that sounds like, you know, that'd be a fun thing to be when I, when I grow up. Yeah. Uh, and at that time, the big push was for people with good grades was to be an engineer. Mm. And I thought, well, engineer's fun, but I like also being with people more and I like animals a lot. And I think it's a misnomer sometimes uh, or misspeak when people say, uh, I don't like people. I want to be a veterinarian. I'm, it is totally about the people Yay. and their relationship with their, with their pets. I actually ended up attending four different undergraduate oh, universities to get my okay. all my pre-vet stuff out, out, yeah. out of the way. And my plan um, was really to become a mixed animal practitioner in the country somewhere because mm-hmm. I liked being outside and and all of that. And, and somewhere along the line, you know, I was fortunate to, to get into veterinary school and I decided I wanted to do um, small animal. And I, even my last year of vet school, I wasn't totally sure what I wanted to do. And, and it just finally clicked that dermatology was what I wanted. Okay. So then did you do a one-year internship and a three-year residency program? I, I did do, do the typical one-year internship. And at the time, dermatology residencies were only uh, two years. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, both of my mentors left within four months of me starting oh, my residency, shoot. so I, it, it was extended to three years okay. uh, so that I could meet my credentials and, and all of that. Okay, perfect. Um, so, you know, Dr. Graham is the service chief and also a professor, which means he teaches some courses. Um, so what courses do you teach? So we have, uh, at, at the University of Florida, we have an amazing dermatology program. We teach an introduction to dermatology, and then now that we have additional faculty members, we have an elective course in dermatology, and we have a clinical skills part uh, of dermatology, like looking at ears and, and things like that, looking under the microscope. And then we have the clinical rotation in dermatology that has some lectures associated with that, Wow, too. Awesome. So uh, multifaceted interaction with professors and clinicians for the dermatology specialty. Um, you mentioned that you sold your practices mm-hmm. to come over here. So again, students, 
not everybody's path is going to look the same. You might not start working at a veterinary school as a uh, specialist right away. You might take time to work in a practice, own your own practice, and then do more. So there's always a lot that you can do in veterinary medicine. Let's talk about, I mean, I really want to get into kind of like the specifics about Florida specifically. Okay. So what kinds of things would pet owners see for dermatology issues in Florida. Okay. What's special for our state? <laughs> All right. So I, I like to tell this this story. You know, when if you're driving from up north and stop at the Welcome Center in Florida yeah. and you pull over to walk your dog, there's a sign usually that said, beware of poisonous snakes and gators and stuff. Okay. Like that. Yes. Well, from a dermatology perspective, I think it should say, beware of Florida fleas. Okay, yeah. <laughs> fleas would be are huge for animals in general, yes. but it's is it bad in Florida? Well, we have the ideal environment for fleas to complete their oh, life cycle. Oh, joy. Good. And, and literally, you walk your dog where everybody else walks their dog, and the next thing you know, you can have 100 fleas on your dog, and yeah. they, they start itching. Let's talk about allergies. Okay. So I've come through the clinic before, and I've seen the, when they have the skin test. Can you talk about a skin test and what sure. that looks like? So a skin test, and, and sometimes people will go through a similar test. There's uh, two main types of allergy tests. One you can do via blood testing. And when we do an interdermal skin testing, you typically shave a, a area of the body, and then you inject potential things that cause allergies. Mm -hmm. And if they're allergic, it looks like somebody who's allergic to mosquito bites. You get a big old high yeah. uh, with that. And we test for, I think, 64 different things when we do our injections. Wow. So I encourage everyone to go ahead and Google, you know, um, animal or veterinary uh, dermatology skin test. So you can see what it looks like. You can see the patch of skin that's been shaved. Um, and then you can see all the different marks that the animals would have on their skin. What else do you think that our students need to know about dermatology? What will they learn in school? What are some things that they need to think about? I think uh, perhaps the most important thing for somebody who's interested in small animal veterinary medicine would be that maybe around 30% or more of the patients you see in a day are going to have a dermatologic or ear problem. Mm. So it's an exceptionally important uh, topic to understand and also understand your limitations or your interests. Uh, let, let's say you're a surgeon and you only want to do surgery. Great, as I say, be the best you can be, mm -hmm. um, but also then know when to let the client seek out it's somebody who really loves picking scabs yes. or finding mites and yeah. things like that. What I like about Dr. Graham is he's a really colorful guy. He often has a fun bow tie on. Right now he's wearing a fun gator kind of plaid shirt and some kind of, what are those socks? Are those dogs? Those are Labrador Retriever dogs. Labrador Retriever socks. So he, he um, always is walking through the hospital with a smile on his face and he has unique experiences in veterinary medicine. Go ahead and talk to us about some of those unique experiences you've had. Well, one of the best things about leaving the practices uh, that I that I owned and, and managed was just the new experience of teaching students. But the cool thing that I wasn't expecting, and this is why it's always awesome to be up for a new experience, is the diversity of species that we see here in Florida because exotics are, are so common. Yes. So I have allergy tested literally everything from bats to giraffes. I've, oh, neat. I've cleaned out the ears of everything from guinea pigs to elephants. So the diversity of what yes. you get to do, I guess it, it, I started off, I wanted to be a mixed animal practitioner in the Southeast and 
I, you are. I guess I am. <laughs> I never thought about it that way. Yeah, Thank you, Alex. Of course. <laughs> I, you, so many students want to do exotics and Zoom Ed, and maybe they we want to start thinking about potentially going into a specialty and addressing those animals through the specialty. Right. Right. And it's funny, just as you, you mentioned that to me, uh, uh, you know, delayed gratification of goals. Yeah. For those who've not met me, I'm, I'm 58 years old and, and I've been at this job for six years. So it took me, you know, 20 some years to get to my original goal. And I had a great journey along the way. Yes. And enjoyed every minute of it and took something out of it. And it, it really did make me, I think, the, the veterinary dermatologist, veterinarian slash educator mm -hmm. than I am today. Yeah, there's no rush. And Dr. Graham's a great example of that, that even if it takes, you know, a couple decades to get what you think you originally wanted, it was worth it. Totally. What are bats allergic to? The same thing that cats and dogs and people are. Oh, funny. They, they are allergic to mosquitoes and molds and grasses and weeds um, and some of the other biting bugs. Uh, we we mentioned intolerance, so sometimes animals can have food allergies. Yes. What are some common food allergies they might have? So typical intolerance is going to be to the protein in the food, not the grain in the mm. food. In fact, you know, hot topic. I was going to say, <laughs> go ahead, tell us about that. One of the things I say, when, you know, when somebody is on a grain-free diet or a super diet, I ask my students, I said, what does that mean to you? And, and what we've recently learned is that some grain-free diets predispose animals to heart disease. But what it means to me when somebody is on a grain-free diet or some fancy or some raw diet, it means that the clients care about their pet. Okay, yes. And think diet's important. Right. So those are both win-wins. And yes. then my job as a veterinarian is to educate them on both their short-term needs mm -hmm. and their long-term needs. Mm -hmm. So from a selfish dermatology allergy point of view, I'm most interested in what they might be allergic to, beef, chicken, corn, typically a protein yeah. source or, or, or dairy products. Uh, but long-term, they may have some other goal they want with the diet. And then that's where I have to pass the baton, if you will, and say, let me have you get in touch with the nutritionist mm -hmm. who can work with your pet's needs and what you view you want for your pet. Yeah, well, great, really great point. So um, for those of you who haven't really been, you know, keeping up with nutrition or things on the news, um, grain-free and raw diets are super popular right now with a lot of folks who own pets. Um, but I know that in the veterinary community, we have another opinion that potentially that's not what's best for the animal. But Dr. Graham's point that if you have a client who is going that extra mile and going to look into dietary needs for their animal in general, that is exciting because they do care. So that's a great perspective to take instead of maybe coming off as cynical or, oh, they don't know what's best for their pet. It's they really care about their pet and let me help educate them on why that might not be what's best. Dr. Graham also serves on our admissions committee. Um, so you will review package, you'll also interview students. What are some things that you're looking for in a potential DVM candidate? Well, obviously you need uh, decent grades, mm -hmm. but I'm one of the people who doesn't believe decent grades means a 4.0, yes. especially if that 4.0 comes at the expense of being well-rounded. Mm -hmm. uh, and everybody has their own assessment of things, uh, but I'm, I'm looking for somebody who's been on a journey uh, to become a veterinarian. Extra bonuses if you have good grades, perhaps even more bonuses if you've worked for a veterinarian consistently or on and off for four or five years. 
However, not everybody has the opportunity to work for a veterinarian, depending on where you live, what your transportation options are. And and when I was an undergraduate, um, the state of Connecticut made it very hard for uh, people who were less than 18 to 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 work uh, at a at a veterinarian's office. Um, so I worked in a research lab, literally just scraping shavings and mouse poop out of yeah. out of cages. But I, I now that I'm on admissions, I, I recognize that that gave me experience to other animals yeah. and research and graduate students. And I worked there for three years in undergrad. So it, it shows commitment to the to the to the field or a topic in your field. It does, and especially if a student can articulate that in an essay. So if I have a student who says, I know it's very important to get clinical veterinary experience, however, I wasn't able to for these reasons, whether you either don't have a car, like Dr. Graham said, or you don't have access to a veterinarian, if you write that down and you say, I was still dedicated because I did research or I worked in customer service, right. admissions committee members love to see that. I, yeah, I joke when I... Uh, owned my practices, my favorite employee was one who'd been a waitress or waiter yes. for a number of years because you have people skills, yep. you, you can juggle multiple things at different times, you Definitely. can prioritize, mm-hmm. and you don't mind getting a bit messy or dirty at yeah. times. It's just part of, the, part of the job. And you can deal with stress because people are probably the most angry when they're hungry. So right. if you have someone who's worked in food service, it's helpful. Um, sometimes students have to have a higher paying job to put themselves right. through school. I totally understand that when I look at an admissions package and go, and you just write that in your essay. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in a situation where I needed to earn money, also recognizing I needed animal experience, so I volunteered right. at these different times. Exactly. So that what Dr. Graham said just now is basically kind of summing up a holistic look at an application where somebody takes a look and they can understand where that person is coming from Um, They're not just looking at one thing like veterinary experience. They're looking at the whole package and why your hours look the way they do. So, Dr. Graham, I think you have some good news for some of our pre-vet students who might be afraid of some of the grades that they've gotten in the past. Can you speak to that? (laughs) It is is funny to to think of that. Uh, uh, I guess I... I'm not proud, but also I'm proud to say, coming from my my background, um, my freshman year of undergraduate, I I was the the proud owner of two of the lowest grades in two of my classes. Oh, no. Uh, And granted, I came from a a diverse background and was able to bounce back from that, learn new study skills and and all of that. uh, it was a steep learning curve yeah. uh, for me. I was taking that calculus course that I'd never heard what calculus was. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I'm on admissions, I see that we really put a lot of emphasis in the last 45 yes. hours. So I, I think all our admissions people are interested in the journey that got there. And we'd like to see a recent track record of success that, that shows you're mature and you can do this. Your past history, I, I actually, if you have a bump in the road, I'm, I go, that's great. That means you're resilient yep. because life is going to throw you curveballs. Veterinary medicine is going to throw you curveballs. So let's let's tell me about it and how you picked up for it. It's, it's a good learning experience. Yes, I 100% agree. I like when some students have had a little bit of a checkered past, whether it's on their transcript or if they've had some even mental health and wellness issues or family issues, you know, those things happen to all of us. And if you are able to 
move forward. Like Dr. Graham said, it, it can be a steep learning curve and it can be a little bit tricky, but if you can overcome that, that's exactly what we do want to see. So please don't be afraid if you have had some grades, especially in your freshman year of college, as long as you can move forward in those last 45 credit hours, you know, that can actually benefit you um, when you chat with an admissions committee member. So Dr. Grant, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. I've loved learning a little bit more about dermatology, but more importantly, I, I've appreciated your perspective about um, you know, approaching clients, ap approaching a path to vet med, and students not only is your homework to go ahead and Google skin tests, um, but just keep in mind that you will have plenty of time to decide what you wanna do and how you wanna do it as long as you are being the best you. I'm Alex Avellino, and we'll talk to you soon.